up, everyone? We are back with episode eight, and I'm here today with Malik Askari, member of Next Town Down, the R&B vocal group. So how are you today? How are you feeling? Um, I'm feeling good. Uh, it's All-Star Weekend, so, you know, I'm right. like for the rest of that tonight, the game and everything, but I've been good. You know, the pandemic has really slowed things down for us in terms of, like, putting out music and projects and, you know, being in the eye of the public, but in terms of what I've been doing and what the guys have been doing, we've all been just out here like finagling and like trying to build deep in the cut and then, you know, trying to just kind of prepare ourselves for what we're trying to do out here. So it's been good for sure, but it's been very chill too, you know. Right, yeah, it's a grind. It's, it's different for sure, the whole pandemic, but we're gonna get into, you know, your music and everything. Um, the, the journey so far, but let's take it way back before, you know, Next Town Down, before Lover Boy. Who was Malik before the music? I know you were born in Charles City, Iowa. So set the scene of what it was like growing up there. Okay, first off, I want to shout out the home city because that's where I'm from. But yeah, I'm originally from Charles City, Iowa. I was born out here in LA, but I grew up since like kindergarten up till my senior year of high school, actually. I was in Northeast Iowa. Um, a really small town. There was about, what, 7,000 people there. Um, just what you can imagine from like a small Midwest kind of country. Um, we had a little culture of our own, but just in terms of the dynamic there, there wasn't as much, you know, pop culture and things like that. It's more like small town community vibes, which is great because you're, le you're like able to kind of know everyone and you kind of grew up with everyone. So there's not a lot of strangers around, but then at the same time, Sometimes you want to get away from everybody that you know. So it's that yin and yang. But yeah, Charles City um, grew up there, played basketball, football, was in drama, acted, kind of did like everything. I was one of those kids that was kind of like going along with my friends were doing. So involved in the church, involved in, you know, whatever we could find our hands to do out there because there's not much besides, you know, running and playing around. Right. And then, yeah, in the middle of my senior year, actually, um, the guys that connected with me and found me, I flew out. Um, we spent like two weeks out here in LA. And then, um, well, yeah, we spent two weeks out here in LA. And then a month later, I went back to school because it was kind of around like Christmas break and everything. And um, we had got like a phone call probably like a week or two from when we had came back. And they were telling us that we're moving out, we're moving out here in a month actually. So this is around like January, February of my senior year. Um, I moved out, um, moved in with Leon, the youngest, and we all kind of started that whole Next Town Down journey of what that was. So, yeah. Right. Super dope. Again, we'll get more into that. But you kind of talked about your interest in sports, drama, a whole bunch of different things. So how did originally your interest in music and singing start? Like, when did you begin and everything like that? So I guess I was always like, interested in like music so to say like I'm young and African-American and just growing up in that sort of household my dad's a DJ too so my both of my sisters sing I've always been like you know inspired by music and like look to it but in terms of actually like diving into myself it was around my freshman sophomore year of high school um I had my school permit and I had took my sister my older sister's car uh because she was away for the summer on like a summer trip or visiting my mom and um, I'd actually gotten a car accident and got grounded for the rest of uh, summer. And that was when I started to teach myself kind of how to play guitar. And I started singing on this live stream app called You Now at the time. And mind you, this is what, 
2014, 2015. So like, <laughs> IG really isn't like wasn't thing. possible like now. Right, exactly. So they had like a couple of those little live streaming apps that I'd like go on and like sort of finagle with singing. I wasn't really like a singer then, and I wouldn't like say I was. But obviously, back at home, uh, there wasn't a lot of people that were kind of singing the style and doing the things that I were doing at the time. So the timing was just perfect. And um, so I did that for about a year. I was posting like little 15 second IG singing videos of me. But every time I look at those videos now, I just like cringe because, you know, I'm young. I got like just a whole 15 year old, 16, if you can imagine. And yeah, that slowly turned into like songwriting as I was like staying up late in my room, kind of messing around with my guitar. And then I also sang in um my church. So. I was doing kind of a bunch of little gigs and like writing on my own. And then it was around my junior year that I decided to start like songwriting. And I ended up putting something out by like the beginning of my senior year on um, the platforms. Yeah. This was recorded like in a little closet at one of my friend's house back in Iowa. But anyway, I guess like all that collection of stuff that I was doing from like my sophomore year to my senior, um, one of the guys in the group, Trayvon, he had noticed one of my little, um, Instagram videos, sent it over to three older guys. They talked about it because they were already like in the process of like making a group. Yeah. And you kind of know how like the industry is where it's like, you'll find connects and you'll like try to like finagle and figure out how that goes. But they they were kind of in that process already. And then by the time I had joined, I was the last one to join the group. So um, it was a pretty quick turnaround for me. But then the real music journey kind of started once I got out here and we started like getting in the studio with like people like stereotypes and harmony samuels and just like a bunch of creatives and like collectives at the same time we're also like going to musically before tiktok was tiktok it was still musically i'm our manager of next sound down or whatever he uh has a buddy who is in that and they kind of had us like going doing those little you know like the little la events are you'll go little drinks or whatever it is but yeah and it just like kept developing and then obviously we did all the YouTube videos a lot of them we took down right now but that's a whole other patch of things that we've done too uh-huh so did you yourself you kind of touched on like you taught yourself guitar messed around with it did you study like vocally anyone in particular like train professionally at all or is this just all like you're you know you're natural yeah I mean my biggest influences are uh Justin Bieber for sure that's like ever since I was around like middle school he was just a big influence for me just in terms of like, I don't know, I've always been sort of obsessed with like the mania and like in a sense of like being in the spotlight and being able to like be creative and share that. And I think it was just the timing. Like I said, I was what, 11, 12 when he was kind of blowing up. So that was just perfect. And then obviously like Chris Brown, I'm a big Shawn Mendes fan just cause I'm kind of into that folky acoustic vibe. Yeah. And that's what I was doing a lot before until I got out here and started like singing R&B music and stuff. And like that kind of, joined into like what I can do now but um yeah for those three guys for sure and then my dad has just been huge on it um I used to have to go and like help him set up all, all these different like high school you know how like they have a high school prom or like yeah <laughs> I had to do that ever since I was what like fourth third grade just help him set up and like set up those lights and then sit behind did you just set up for like four or five hours so I think just like all that time collecting up, kind of trained my musical ear, even though I didn't notice it, or I'd be like tight, or I'd be on like the iPad playing life or something, but just all that stuff, and then my siblings, and then, yeah, that's really- Yeah, that's, 
That's super dope. So taking it back to, you know, the next town down and creating the group, super crazy, like the power of social media, as you stated, like you guys just blew up over musically. And then even now with it being TikTok, I just feel like it has so much power, like blowing up brands, people, different things like that. So how did you, you know, build off of musically to expand into what it is now? Um, so be honest we weren't even like really the best ever with tiktok or musically we just kind of were like lucky enough to be able to like showcase like the harmonies and stuff like that but really youtube is kind of where i'd say like we really started to blow up too so we did this like thing called i forgot what it was called it was like you can't sing that fridays or something like that and we were just posting like a youtube video every week of just like different covers of like artists that you wouldn't expect five black boys to sing whether it was like country or whether it was just like kind of going through all the genres and then we started to kind of get reposted by some of the artists that we've done like chris brown had reposted us um i want to say ella man them too but just like we started to kind of get a cosign and sense of like game recognizing game And um, from there, we did that for like a year and a half. I want to say two years. Got to go to VidCon. Did like some private events where we got to like, we had like a pretty crazy, if I really went in detail, some of the things that we did, but just a lot of that sort of networking game. And then musically really helped us too, because we obviously were getting in with a lot of like the young influencer now who are like a lot of the main stars on TikTok and stuff now, but back then. I wasn't even aware to know that like this is gonna be this and these people are that, but it's just crazy to kind of see them go through their journeys. And then obviously we grew a lot just like musically and like artist development wise too. We kind of like started to find the certain things we wanted to stand for. And then um, trying to like find our collectiveness together too, in terms of what the group is and like what we stand for and who we mean. And that's still an ongoing process in terms of what we're figuring out now. But yeah, it was just a lot of that. And then like I said, our fan base, the townies and that whole vibe and them kind of becoming obsessed to an extent. And we kind of got to go through that mini sort of phase. We didn't get a tour like a lot compared to like most people, but even the tours that we did get to do and going and seeing around and then little like town festivals that we did and people kind of seeing our vibe and like seeing what we can bring once it actually gets to a level where it's worldwide and everything. And just going back to like the whole YouTube aspect, the I believe it was the evolution of Band, Band Boys video. It went super viral and then i also saw you guys sung for mariah carey which is insane so talk me through that experience yeah so the, the boy band video i remember that was like super early that was probably within the first like six months of us moving out here to la and yeah our manager um he had a crazy idea and he's like you guys have to do like this evolution of boy bands and we also have this uh creative director slash like musical genius we work with his name is jared jenkins and he's really like the art and like the mastermind behind all the harmonies and like when you hear us all singing together that's all his composement and what he's doing with that but yeah dan just had an idea that we should like go back make all these boy bands and kind of like showcase our talent still in it but kind of bring that nostalgia back of like the older things at the time i was what freshly 18 so i didn't really care much for it not to be like disrespectful but right you know and like when you're singing just young like, yeah boys to man bell devoe and then i'm over here thinking juice world or like whoever it is at the yeah. time but it ended up going dummy crazy it went dummy dummy crazy on facebook 
and that was like it kind of trickled around everywhere and then us having like our own little followings too and then that just kind of like led us to keep doing like those weekly youtube covers and then more people kind of figured us out now and saw us and like kind of got to feel what our vibe is towards like the past I wouldn't say the last year but the year before that we tried to dive into like the original sound and what we were doing with that which is still a pretty young sound in terms of like where we are now but just that constant like development and growth and stuff and then the whole Mariah Carey thing can you talk about oh, yeah. that <laughs> yeah so the Mariah Carey thing I want to say we were at musically but I could be wrong but anyway I think we had sang for at musically first and that was like when we had to go to those little like I don't know if they're like brunches or like little like lunch meetups, but it was pretty much one of those. And then we were known as like the singing guys. So that's, we were pretty much just standing around waiting for like something like that. And then the opportunity came up, we sang for her and she ended up inviting us to the studio later that day. So we went to the studio with her record. I think we recorded something for one sweet day. It was just like some sort of remix. Nothing ever got done with it, but just to be in there with Mariah Carey and kind of see like what she's doing and be like around her, it was definitely crazy. I wish I was older so like I appreciated it more because <laughs> back then I was still like yo like the Warriors but like you know what I'm saying yeah. naive and stuff but yeah it's crazy to look back and just think we've already kind of met these people and kind of seen what they're doing and then we're like the next generation of what that could be definitely and at the end of that video I remember I think it was Terrence he was like we just put that together so is that a joke or like no we usually do like on the fly I mean we all kind of have a musical ear too in terms yeah. of all the other guys grew up around like musical people and musical backgrounds where they kind of like 
able to know the basics of it. So, yeah, I want to say our arranger was there that day, but I'm not for sure. And usually he's able to, like, put something together on the fly. But if we have to, like, T and Chris will take the top. Me and Leon will take, like, the mid-low or, like, wherever kind of we're feeling in terms of our voices that day. And then, yeah, we just, like, make a quick three-part and get it done. Yeah. That's crazy. So I know you guys have a whole arranger, like you said, but you know, everyone in the group sings differently, has their own unique touch. So how did you guys initially like figure out how to mesh everyone together? Um, I think I want to say the covers really helped with that. And obviously us like being around each other as boys and like growing up, going through different things, whether it's like relationships or just whatever, like those little things are. And then, yeah, once we kind of started to hear our voices on tracks more and more, and mind you, while we're doing like the musically stuff and YouTube stuff, we also were in the studio a lot of that time, like cutting a lot of songs. So at first we kind of were straight pop. I want to say like early 1D, just not what we look like. We were singing that type of music. Yeah. It's cool because we love it too. And it kind of showcases like where we can like extend in terms of our ranges of genre. Whenever I was down, you were always there to comfort me. And no one else can be what you have been to me. You'll always be, you will always be the girl in my life for all time. Mama, Mama, you know I love you. I'm a beautiful wreck. Finally, you put my love on top. I want to know what love is. Yeah. I want you to show me. With all my heart. Y'all be in the studio. I know that, like you said, but five guys, definitely a whole bunch of different personalities, I'm sure. What's it like working with them on the regular? Like, describe each, each of the guys in their role. Oh yeah, so I, I got pretty lucky because I've actually lived, I just moved in with T recently, but I've like lived with everyone too. So it's like not only going through like the professional stages in terms of us having to like perform on camera or whatever it is, but I just think like the times when we're not on camera and like we're having our low days or we're having like our high days or we're just like in the grind, just kind of seeing them and like the, get, the dedication they had towards like this sort of artwork and craft and what it is and kind of the mindset you have to have coming into this if you really want to like number one be in control of what you're doing and then also be able to like be sort of free in terms of what that is today and like just seeing them and like I looked up to them a lot of ways and learned so much just like like I said I came out here at 17 I'm 21 now and just feel like such an older soul just around being around like those guys and like seeing how they work through certain things seeing how they dealt with certain relationship things or like whatever it is or just like seeing how they prepare before the uh, in <laughs> the studio or like just those sort of things. And then Leon and me and Chris and all the other guys too. We also have that love of like sports. Yeah. We're like music junkies. So we just love whatever type of music there is. 
and we're also we're always just like diving into whatever's like different and new and trying to like find ways we can sort of put our twists on it to make it so trying to like on some world domination type shit so like really yeah. trying to get on our amigo shit and then take that to like our hopefully michael jackson times five or whatever it is you know right just big dreamers and those guys are huge dreamers so it just like helps me like say that little kid and like dream big and not think that anything's out of my reach so i think that's the biggest thing about being around them being able to dream big for sure yeah it's crazy it's funny how you mentioned michael jackson because i was literally just last night like watching one of his old um like live tours crazy but speaking of like performances you guys have performed at different shows tours events which have been your favorite so far VidCon's always been great just because, you know, we get to see, like, the, I want to say, like, the early day one fans, like, those, like, stands in terms of, like, messaging us every day, sending us a DM or whatever it is. That's always fun, just them and how excited they get over that whole weekend and what it is and, like, how they bring all these influence together. It's, it's like, a fun thing like that. But I say my favorite things we performed at in terms of personally for me. So we did this uh, – we did like this private barbecue in San Francisco. It was pretty early on from when we moved out here. Um, I don't remember who it was for exactly, but so we show up and we had like, I wanna say about 15, 17 songs we had to sing that they had had us practice for beforehand. And anyway, we show up and like all these celebrities end up being there, like a bunch of like CEO people. Not that I wanna like call everybody else, but I ended up meeting Draymond Green at that day and got a photo with him. And if you know me, you know, I'm like a huge Warriors fan. So that was just like my first really like starstruck moment of like that. So that was definitely like number one for me now, but also just being able to like go to certain shows too, which has been like a deluxe in terms of what we got to do out here. Tory Lanez was crazy. Breezy was crazy. Got to see him for the first time. Um, and then, yeah, really that, but, and then the tour that we did was amazing too. We did, it was like a little five show tour. It was like Atlanta. Um, New York, LA, just like the main hubs. Yeah. And it was fun just being able to travel those big cities and like take that first sort of trip as a group too. So that was crazy. Right, right. Now I saw in one, one I think it was a vlog or something on your YouTube channel, you guys pray before performances. Is that like a ritual you guys do? And what's that all about? Yeah, I mean, I say we're all pretty like spiritual guys in terms of like digging in our own spirituality. So T's more on like, in terms of like leading that and like guiding us through that he grew up in church and he's a pk so i'm pretty sure his mom was a pastor mm -hmm. or was a pastor and god bless her soul because she had recently passed too but yeah so he really takes the lead in terms of like making sure we're there spiritually and like in terms of our wellness in that sense too and that's what's great about having him around and he's obviously the oldest so he doesn't mind taking the lead and kind of pushing that and then like i said i used to singing in church too so as I'm getting older I'm diving in and learning more even coming out to LA seeing like the different denominations of churches and kind of like being able to go around and see that so I'm kind of on my own spiritual journey in terms of that but um, Chris is Jewish and then Trayvon and Leon are also Christians so we all kind of share that connection in terms of wanting to be good people and spread a good message of love and like positivity and all that but we also like to you know, so yeah. it's like find that balance as we're young men out here and like growing with it. Right. Now, speaking of, you know, spreading love, you can't during COVID, you know, it's kind of difficult to go on tour and meet fans and 
travel, do all the concerts. So how has it been, you know, recently this past year with the pandemic and everything, trying to put out music still and connect with fans? So, I mean, I feel like the past year, not to like take it out of context of everybody else's year too, just because I feel like everybody kind of had a tough year in terms of the reality we had to face. But for us, we kind of were dealing with a lot of things, label issues, um, personal issues, and just kind of like, kind of got put on like a hold or a stop or a delay in terms of releasing and putting on musical stuff. So it was a big transition in that. And then obviously we couldn't tour or do anything like that. So yeah, we had like a whole project ready. And then just like music industry stuff, if you're like in the industry, you've kind of been through something like it before. So it wasn't anything that we didn't expect, but we just kind of had to adjust and figure out what's the next step in our careers and like where it's going to put us in position to like make those next moves. So for me personally, um, I got like caught on my laptop deep, started like producing and learning that whole side of things. So just like the more sonic level and like obviously writing all the time and then kind of looking around and the whole Black Lives Matter thing was going on. So a lot of sitting in the house, on the TV, on the game, ordering food, like that kind of sense, all the gyms closed. So it like right. caught up the gains, but you know, try to stay active or like some of the trails out here have opened up a lot more too. So personally just been trying to get outdoors a lot more, but early on, like all summer, all that, I remember I had my 21st in the house and got, yeah, I feel that same here. Exactly. So not how I expected my 21st to go, but it was still great just to be alive and be there and like being able to still chase this dream. So I'm lucky to have like the opportunity where I'm pretty like free. I'm not, you know, going to a day job every day. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, I have to find ways to motivate myself and like keep sort of collectively building up this vision that I see in my head. So just a lot of like mental preparing and then a lot of building out these beats and then all this music we have that nobody still heard and then trying to figure out a plan to like get those things out. So preparation and then just like development, really. Right. OK, so then you speaking of the whole Black Lives Matter movement, obviously that went down kind of raises um, attention to how like unconventional your boy band is in a way. As you said, it's like five young black men. So if you like think of One Direction, obviously it's completely different. So given the fact that black men, you know, you must work 10 times harder, were you guys faced with any, you know, obstacles along the process? Um, yeah, I mean, in terms of like relating it to women, which is like how I always like to view things, we didn't really have it art at all, which is like sort of our blessing. But yeah, like just like every day, like we're, I'm not like the black is the black, but still like dealing with like certain stereotypes in terms of you should sound like this, you should look like this, your audience should be this and kind of trying to break those barriers to like be who you are truthfully outside of like the color of things. So. Yes and no, I'd say, but um, yeah, we kind of are like stubborn and hard-headed in the sense where even if somebody was telling us this, we kind of wouldn't gonna wasn't gonna do something that didn't match who we were, and that would kind of get us to bump heads sometimes and would delay processes. But it was good in terms of like, you know, just our personal feelings and how we want to feel and how we want to relate and how we want to look out because a lot of the times you can be caught up in what the culture really is and what this is and want to like follow that instead of being authentic. And that's what we try to like stick to the core, our authenticity and try to like grow with that. So, yeah. Yeah. And I know the music industry for one is 
an industry yeah. that you can get, you know, super caught up in. But so what do you think? I know you said said earlier on you're still kind of the group is still kind of working on it. But what do you think is like the main essence of Next Town Down? What are you guys trying to achieve? Like, why do you feel it's important for such representation as a male R&B group compared to I just think of like compared to as if it was, you know, like a rap like Migos group, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I feel like even with the Migos and people like that, they're kind of doing it in a sense of like showing their personalities and like we're kind of able to like pick out things and kind of who they are and learn from that. And I think we kind of want to use that as sort of a structure too in terms of how they're able to sort of be like a collective too and do their own things, but they sort of have this community in terms of their group, their, that togetherness and what that is and how that speaks to just the culture in terms of other people looking around, the people that they are closest to or whatever it is. Um, we're not related like them, but you still kind of feel that bondship and brothership in terms of the things we've been through and like kind of what our dreams and visions are of like how we see this world and like what it can be. And I say for us, it's just like, just kind of how the name is Next Town Down, like just an open community, like something to like come and be free, be creative and sort of still feel that collectiveness, but not shy away from the individualness of being yourself. And that's really what the biggest thing about it is. Yes, and I mean, you guys have had so much success so far. You signed to RCA Records. What was it like signing a deal to a label home to, I know other popular artists like Childish Gambino, SZA, Usher? It was crazy, man, just to like, just to like imagine like when I think about where I grew up and if you were to see it and like take a stroll around, it's not like something normal, but it's definitely something that's possible for anybody. And that's like the message I always try to spread is that it can, you can be anywhere, like be anyone, but still be able to sort of push to be who you want to be. So it was crazy. I think the biggest one was just like Breezy, Chris Brown being signed to him's label and like understand that we're really in this like thing now. That was like our wake up call. Right now, at the moment, actually, we had recently just parted ways with RCA, so we're we're in that process of just like, and that's partly the pandemic and that whole thing, but just like to have that opportunity with them to kind of do the things that we got to do, shoot the videos we got to shoot. It was all crazy. It was like our first look into like what this really is outside of like what you're seeing on TV. So it gave me just a whole bigger, brighter aspect, and I'm just thankful for that for sure. But then. Since then, you put out you got the guys have put out two EPs, the EP and Juliet. So, what kind of vibe were you going for each of those respective ones? So, Juliet was really just like us kind of getting um, personal with like one on one in terms of we gave the name Juliet just because Romeo and Juliet and what that story tells the romantic side of that. We thought it'd be a good time where people would just see it and sort of piece that together. And then, yeah, just like pretty much like young fun but still like hardcore loving at the sense because at the core we're all like lover boys and we like want to find the right love and what love really is and sort of that so it's just kind of us like showing how what we think it is too but also showing like the fun side of like a relationship and that whole young side of things too and then um the project before that was still a little earlier too so we were working with a bunch of dope writers on both of the projects and they were able to kind of help bring that like together in terms of formality and formulate what that is and then yeah sort of piece it together too but a lot of like the beginning stuff is like the whole networking in terms of like who's making the final decisions and all that so those are things that we had to work through and grow through as well but those were like the early on stuff that really helped yeah. out
I mean, I definitely saw some growth between the two projects just because right. Juliet pop, uh, featured a lot of popular artists like Rich the Kid, Cowboy, exactly. and of course, Black with the song Easy. So I think it definitely showed like a lot more depth because of those features too. It showed like the, the perfect blend of R&B and hip hop. But speaking of the feature features, what was it like collaborating with some of like the biggest names in the industry? Well, the sad part was that we actually were never in the studio. It was like, I just saw, I felt like a lot of things there now, but I still got a lot of ways to go to see what it really is like. But yeah, yeah, our song just got sent and they had featured on it. But shooting the video with Black for the easy video was crazy just to like see him in person and like, Obviously, we're big stands of him as well. So being able to collab on the record and like sort of have that out in the atmosphere for everybody to see it will always be crazy to us because we're like big music stands regardless of like who we're working with. And we love to like collab and sort of make those things happen. So that was crazy. The Rich feature was hella crazy. I remember all my friends were like, Yo, you got a feature of Rich? And we're, I'm just like, it just sort of happened, bro. And that was RTA kind of pulling their strings too and making it work. So we were thankful for that. Yeah. yeah, same with um Cowboy, too. And we've been in the studio with Cowboy a couple times, but I haven't really, like, that was more of, like, the send it off, too. But right. just being able to build those relationships early, because, you know, who knows where Cowboy will be in three years or, like, wherever they are, so. Exactly. Exactly. Now, are you guys part of the creative process at all, like, for the visual, easy, the easy music video, for example? Um, We had a director for the easy video, but we were in the creative process at the beginning, so we kind of had a vision board and sort of planned out how we wanted to see or like we wanted suits on the beach at this yeah. and they like were able to put that together in terms of the big production of it and now is our first time really shooting a video like that So that was crazy just to like experience that, like the whole clothes boost outside and like everything like that. And yeah. Okay. Videos, we shot those like really home DIY. We work with this crazy um, videographer named Jamar out here and he was shooting all these for us. And then a lot of the times we were doing them just like one take, we'd record all the things in our house. If we wanted to like write a verse on it, we were writing on verses. Otherwise we'd be like covering the song. And then we were just kind of throwing our own twists, recording it like in our rooms. And that was like a lot of the YouTube videos. Yeah, right. So a lot of DIY type. That's awesome. So the latest release, the most, most current one, the single Honest, that was put out January. So just a couple months ago. How long were you guys working on that one? I want to say Honest was done around like April and May. So that was actually sitting in the box for a minute. And yeah, Honest was an interlude that was supposed to kind of work into the project that we had planned out. Okay. And that didn't work out, which is sad for like the fans in terms of what they were waiting for. But hopefully at some point we're able to release that and they can like look back and piece it together. But yeah, we worked um, with our creative director, Jared, on that. And um, yeah, we kind of like, like I said, it would have made more sense going into like the project, but it was just something like short and sweet. And then people haven't heard us in a minute. So just kind of showing that we're still out here and, you know, 
we're still thinking about them. Exactly. So now it's a pretty good collective body of work that you guys have. I, what's the recording process like with the five of y'all? Like you kind of mentioned that you have dabbled in beat making, but do any of the other guys make the beats and like how, how long do these studio sessions normally last? Just like give us a look into what that process is like. Yeah. So a lot of the other guys are like kind of in the beat making process and we all write. So we're all in that sense. Um, early on, a lot of it was we had like writers helping us kind of like showing us the process and how it works. And then we slowly were able to take that, throw our own twist. But yeah, just like long studio days in terms of if we're like writing or if we're like cutting music, we might go in and cut three or four songs that day. So if you've ever been in the studio, a lot of the studio is just like sitting around, like ordering food on your phone, which is vibes at first, honestly, because you know, when you're first in that, you're like, this is the life. Right. But then it gets old and you're like, I need to go to the gym, what that is. But then these guys are like amazingly talented artists. So the studio in terms of singing and all that was very natural, just like walking or running. Some days we had to like drink more tea than others, but, um, yeah, that's just like, I feel like that's like the natural part for us is just having to go and sing and everything else, like having to post every day on Musical.ly or TikTok, that was where we kind of slacked off and like not always held our part of the bargain, but when it came to the music, we were always just like, it's kind of like in our blood, if that makes any sense. No, for sure. So, but for you yourself, if you could think about, you know, what your particular sound sounds like how would you describe that that makes it kind of stand out from the from the rest um i i have like the sort of like shawnee acoustic when i first came in i wasn't really singing anything else but like i just was always writing songs on my guitar so sort of that folky writing style in terms of storytelling and like that sense so that's what i was bringing to and then that slowly developed into like mixing that with like R&B and then mixing that with like trap because I'm in love with like the whole like Juice World, Lil Baby, just that whole like culture, whatever it is. I feel like even though there are rapping, it's like mixed with like uh, punk soul or like EDM in terms of like whoever's making the beat. So like that's why I don't like to like really claim a genre, but just really like sort of have a voice that people can recognize and then mix my way through genre, whether I'm on my guitar or I'm like making some sort of like thumping, whatever yeah. it is. Right, now you mentioned Lil Baby, who who's my favorite right now. Um, yeah, and also Juice World. I honestly was never into his music, but I do know personally, like a couple of my friends, he's had a big impact on. So would you say that um, he's inspired you in any particular way? Um, I feel Juice World just in terms of like some of the things that he was singing about at times. I like question just because I feel like when you have that sort of platform, it's important to sort of like push some message that's like positive and like informing and some of the things you say, obviously. But I just think like melody wise and like lyrically wise, sometimes it was just like genius. And then obviously he wasn't making all the beats, but like that whole sonic side of like where the 808s were placed or like all that stuff. I just love that sound and I feel like where it's going compared to like, if you just think about hip hop or rap, that's why I don't even really know the word classify it. Cause it's like, I feel like Lil Baby could hop on like a American Rejects beat just with like a remix 808 and then it's like, you know what I'm saying? Right. So I feel like music's in such a good place where it's like, you can be so creative and do what you want. And then like artists have their individual 
sort of things that they bring to it. And then little baby has bars on bars. So that's where I just like try to like step out of that like chorus, first verse hook. And I feel like with rappers, they do a good job of like some songs might be that, but then another song might just be a full on freestyle for like three or four minutes. And it's just bars and melodies and like something you can just, yeah. For sure. I know you're definitely more R&B, but would you ever, have you ever thought of, you know, maybe throwing a few bars out there and going more to the rap hip hop side? I mean, I might like throw some bars out once I like start getting some tattoos or like some facial hair or something, you know? Right. Like the more your lover boy. I feel like I kind of like mix the bars in with the melodies. And that's why I like Juice Road because I feel like he was like singing, but it was like rappy hip hop type. Yeah. you get from it where you'd want to hear it like at the club where you want to hear it but then you also could listen to it in your room as you're like painting if you're on that sense so you kind of like mix those two together well right and I mean I was watching it was some some YouTube video that you guys had posted and you did the first verse of Drake's headlines and I was like okay I probably sound like a baby, but I feel no, you. It was good. It was good. Um, but yeah, th- just that whole evolution of music, we see that now it's definitely like very diverse, not really any any boundaries. But for you yourself, how would you describe your personal like evolution through the years? Um, musically or just like overall, like. Um, musically, yeah, we can start off with musically. Musically, um, when I came in, like I said, a lot of it was like acoustic stuff. So I remember my first probably year out here, T- Terrence was the first one that was really making beats in terms of all of us. So I kind of got to see him and like see the backside of what a beat sounds like and how it's made. But I was still like, I used to just record on my phone and I just like sort of sing melodies and I'd listen back and just like write melodies to that or just like scribble down. So that was like, but a lot of that was. And then as we started to like meet more producers and stuff out here, I was able to like get beat packages or like whatever it was that they'd send me. So I'd have like six or seven beats and I'd just start writing to those. And that sort of like developed my sound from that acoustic sound to like, yo, this could be on the radio or it could be in like this play- playlist or whatever it is. And then from there, I started like, just when I get like bored at the studio and I like, I'm so competitive where I feel like I can do everything personally. So then I wanted to start like learning what the beat making side was. And then there's different sort of, uh, I don't want to say like extensions, but there's things you can use to help you like sort of get involved in the music, the music making thing if you want to like get started in it. And I kind of use those things and like YouTube and like sort of work my way into like being able to do it myself. So then the recent thing I just put out, I had actually produced the whole thing, wrote it, um, mixed it and edited it. So we're able to like engineer and do all that too. So I'm just like really hands-on in terms of learning how to do it myself first. So then I can be in control of like the overall vision in terms of like the sound and everything else. Right. So like, I just see myself in the future, like really doing most of my stuff. And that's like kind of what I'm doing now too. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome for sure. So then 
before we get into, you know, you yourself and lover boy, what, how do you see the benefit of working with the group and what next town down means to you? Uh, a brotherhood is what next town down means to me personally and the four guys and like what I was able to learn from them. And like my whole music journey really wouldn't be possible without the group and like us having the opportunity to move out to LA, meet who we've met, kind of see what we've seen and do it together. So that'll always be like to the core of who I am and like to the core of who those guys are too, I know. And then, yeah, we're just trying to figure out a way where we can really find the best way we can all do what we want to do personally too, but also come together collectively and impact it in a way where it's like, we're not only, it's not only like affecting us, but it's like we have this community, whether it's our whole team and like, you know, everyone that we're working with. So that's all obviously a process that we're still learning, but yeah. And then some of the guys, or kind of out doing their own thing. And then I stay with one of the guys now too. So always being able to text or call or like send a beat and do that and get their opinion and kind of hear where like they're hearing sonically is always a good thing. Mm -hmm. So then talk about the decision to start. I don't know if you want to call it like a solo project or what is this whole lover boy? So it's actually your lover boy. Your um, lover boy. Lover boy, but you're good. And yeah, I think your lover boy for me, um, you could call it like an alter ego or like whatever it is. It's not Malik. So I don't really want people to confuse your lover boy with Malik yeah. in terms of me trying to like create mass design or sort of trying to bring, yeah, differentiate myself from your lover boy. But yeah, for me, um, just as I was starting to get older and like, obviously, like I said, I've always been into like love and like what that really is and like what it means and like just kind of being like, flirtatious or whatever you call it or just like lovey-dovey and like seeing it out there and trying to figure it out for myself um and having sisters and everything like that it slowly transitioned from all of that to like me looking at other things in terms of like the things going on with like trafficking or like the things going on with whatever it is in terms of women's rights and like what I'm able to do as a man compared to what that is sort of flipping it into that and kind of using that as account, eh, an accountability sort of standpoint for me to like be able to step into this different identity and stand for something that's outside of me, but can stand for something that's so much bigger than just me. And that's where like the whole spelling came from, your love, her boy, and loving her and who her is for me, who her is for anybody else. And then just mother earth as like a whole in terms of like the environment, mother nature. So using all these different things because I'm obviously big into the outdoors and I'm trying to tie all like my likenesses together with something to sort of like create an impact or a change and sort of keep the message like firm in terms of that. So yeah, anything with your lover boy is like directly for her. And yeah, that's like, it's sort of like that, that, but I feel like the more I start doing, cause it's super early, right. people start to get the, I don't even know what the word is, but just the little things and how it ties in and like the whole character of him compared to the whole character of me, whether it's sonically and the music and everything like that and else like that. And that's why I love being able to like partner with him too. Cause it's like, I can have my own personal sound, whether I want to pop on my acoustic guitar, but then I also can, you know, let go and then he can put on the mask and then it's like, this whole other vibe, whether it's like the juice, like, you know what I'm saying? Uh, just yeah. like that, and then using that as I grow up, get involved with more women that are, you know, in the industry and like elsewhere and kind of hearing their stories and being able to like learn more, which is a big thing for me. Cause I'm obviously not at the point now I need to educate myself a lot more to like 
be able to really push a message that will not only one impact, but be able to inspire others to sort of join the movement and turn it into like a bigger thing for her, sort of change that. And I feel like society is kind of already going that way with Kamala Harris. And then if you look back in history, and I feel like history does repeat itself in a sense, the 1920s and that whole sense of being able to sort of, you know, set a focus on what this is and like, this is what I'm focusing on. And like, there's all these other issues that are important too. And I feel like they can all relate, but sort of like picking out my own and what's personal to me and like making that focus and collabing that way. So that's like the best way I really can explain it. I'm still trying to figure out ways to explain it, but yeah, it's sort of tricky. No, yeah, that's super dope. It definitely has a lot of layers, but important to, you know, bring awareness to and it's super dope that you can do that through, you know, this artistic manner of music and visuals. So I know that, I mean, ironically, it is Women's History Month, but I know to go along with, you know, your appreciation for women, um, one of your Instagram, you captioned it, a big heart for all the women in the world. I do what I do for you. So who are the women in your life that, you know, play a huge role and inspire you to have this sort of appreciation that you do? Um, For me, just like outside of just like every woman that I see and just seeing the beauty and like what different women look like and all of that, just like my parents, my sisters, for sure. Um, everyone that I've been in a relationship with and like am, and am at the moment. And just like, yeah, just looking around and seeing like those sort of inspirations, whether it's Kamala, whether it's like singers that I look up to or like, and then like, because I'm getting older now, I'm able to sort of like piece together the little things that I didn't back in the day, whether I was like arguing with my sister over like little things like going out or like if they wanted to go out, but then realizing that, oh, you're a girl, you can't go out like this because of that. And sort of like being able to put those things together and sort of want to make a change. So they're able to like, sort of have the same opportunities that I had. And I feel like that's where I look at my sisters more just growing up with them and like, friends that I was with in school or like people that I'm working in the industry now that are like paving the way for other people or just like already making those accomplishments and being able to just like see all that it all like fuels the fire in terms of okay I need to like dig in more I need to learn more um I recently read Children of the Blood and Bone I don't know if you read that but I forgot what I forgot what her name was I'm literally like tripping right now just like even the artists and the other writers and seeing like their sort of storytelling in terms of how they view what life is and what spirituality is in terms of how to find that inner peace. And I feel like women already sort of have like the nurturing spirit and the nurturing soul. And then just like the double anandras in terms of mother earth. We live in a man's world right now, but it's mother earth. So just like, I'm still, that's why I say I'm still sort of questioning my own spirituality and figuring out things for myself, which could change a lot compared to now in three, four years, but just sort of like, it's been on my mind since who knows when, and it kind of has been developing into like, for me wanting to like get flowers for people and sing and I always wanted to do these things in the back of my mind, even though I always like these sports and all these other things too, for some reason, like that connection and then growing through it made me want to like step into like what I'm doing now yeah that's interesting and i feel like that obviously does play a part that you had you said you had five sisters yeah i have five sisters yep. yeah i feel like that definitely does play a huge role and it's kind of interesting to see how it like socializes you because i have two brothers so i'm definitely shaped in that way so i can see like the the differences and the vice versa but 
you mentioned that you um, were inspired kind of by singers as well. But beforehand, you you talked about Justin Bieber, Juice World, Chris Brown. Those are all male. So do you have any female artists that you kind of mess with and look up to? I love her, which is funny because obviously, but I love her. I recently found out about her when I came out here. I think she went under like another name beforehand, but my whole musical like library completely changed once I moved out to LA, mind you, and met T and Chris and Trey and Leon and kind of heard what they were listening to because Chris from Florida, Terrence from Mississippi, Leon's from New York and Chris from Virginia. So that's like completely different music compared to like what I was used to hearing in Iowa, even though I knew about Drake and everything. So yeah, that's where I kind of started to learn a lot more about like, just like whether it's gospel music and Kimberell, her with R&B. I always kind of like like those pop artists like Selena and that, but I think that's partly because I grew up in that generation where like Disney and stuff was big. So like, yeah. They kind of went from the Disney acting to like putting out songs like Who Says and obviously Selena's with Bieber. So like sort of always that too. But then SZA now, um, one of my, Summer Walker, all of them, all those girls too, just like major props to them and what they do. And they sort of shape my style now too, just like hearing what they're doing. Cardi B, all the female rappers, Flo Millie. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's just a bunch of women that are sort of creating their own definition of what a woman can do. I forgot what there's I think it's like young MIA I want to say it is but yeah. I'm not sure but even her and like the sound that I can I can just sort of like see where it's going in that sense just like pushing like what it really is to be an artist and like what your own unique sound is so artists like that definitely women are like paving the way for sure even I think of like Saweetie and not not just her music but like her whole personal brand you know exactly we actually were supposed to do something with Sweetie in North Carolina, we had a show that we have flown out there to do. Unfortunately, like circumstances happened at the college. It was like one of those things and it got canceled, but yeah, Sweetie for sure. And then she's with Quavo on them too. So she, I, she's seeing like the whole behind the scenes of that group stuff and applying into her Doja Cat. And that's why I feel like TikTok's really changing it too, where it's like, you can make whatever you want and the kids will find it as long as it's like authentic. Exactly. I remember the first time I even heard Doja's, um, what is it, who, whatever that single was, it was on TikTok. I was like, exactly. But I know for your lover boy, um, your first single under that, I'll, I don't know if it's a single, but it was This One's For Her. Yep. So why that song? I know that was put out February of last year. Yeah, so Stockholm Syndrome, um, I don't know if you know what Stockholm Syndrome is, but it's a 1D song, and I've always been, like, a big 1D fan, too. Like, I was just into, like, the music culture. So that's where I feel like that kind of helped with that, too. But, yeah, Stockholm Syndrome, um, I, I'm not going to give the best definition of it because I'm not the best with words. But it, I'm pretty sure it's, like, it's, like, someone being kidnapped and then falling in love with their captive in terms of, like, falling in love with whoever kidnapped you, whoever stole you. And I kind of try to use that to sort of paint a picture of like her being like the kidnapper and me being the victim or the kidnap and sort of still falling in love in terms of falling in love with her and like getting my heart stolen. So that's kind of where I tried to tie that thing in. And it was a cover and then making the video. And that was me just trying to really put something out there, sort of like give some sort of imagery with it Mm -hmm. in terms of masking everything and show like what that's going to turn into. And then. Yeah, just the whole idea of, like, me getting my heart stolen 
by this idea of her and like I got Stockholm syndrome you know right no yeah we can definitely see that through the visual just being under hostage the whole mask so super cool how many songs do you have unreleased like unreleased under your lover boy like how do you decide oh I want to put this one out over this or save this one for later you know before we weren't really putting out a lot of individual stuff as a group we had sort of agreed on that so we, we kind of had a, a couple things on like SoundCloud or whatever it was but then recently we've just like sort of dived into the individualism stages of our careers right now too so moving forward you're going to see a lot more stuff with your lover boy and myself and all the other guys but um yeah i just released something recently um called 2020 pretty sus yeah youtube channel and then on soundcloud and i'm working on getting it on dsps but yeah that was just my first time really putting out like my own original work first produced mixed engineered written edited all that so that was probably like a three-month process in terms of me finishing the beat finishing the lyrics, being able to edit the video. I worked with Jaymar and he shot it for me, which was great. And yeah, so I guess it's still pretty early because I haven't put out much by myself. So we've kind of been in the cut in that sense in terms of behind the scenes and people really haven't seen us for a long time, honestly. But for us, it doesn't feel like a long time because we are going through the everyday things that everybody else is going through. But we're kind of getting back into that mojo push releasing. So yeah, I just, 2020 Pretty Sus was my reflection of the past year and um, just moving forward. You'll have to like check it out to kind of see that and what that is. But yeah, and I'm just excited for like everything else I have planned and sort of like tie those things together. Because for me, it's all about tying everything together for like the bigger picture too. And that's where like I spent a lot of time in my head trying to figure out how to make it sense, but how to still keep it like unique enough where it'll want to bring attention and people will want to kind of keep checking in to see like, okay, what's next? What's going on with this? Yeah. And then obviously we'll start doing the group things again. And it'll just like start to turn into that whole, I don't know what it is, machine of what it is. Yeah. So it's exciting for sure. Yes. Sounds like it's definitely like a lot of intricacies. And I know you said right. you're in your head, but do you sometimes get too much in your head about certain concepts and things that, kind of hold you back I think definitely I think like with anybody and you kind of hear yourself saying you're like you know how you'll cringe and then I'm trying to learn how to mix at the same time too so I think a lot of it will be, be me in my head like saying I don't sound right when to the common ear I probably sound perfectly fine but I'm sitting here like listening through all these tapes because I don't sound the way I want to so that's like the biggest thing that will delay the process of like releasing stuff too but it's also good to like learn it and it'll like keep getting better as I keep doing it. So. Right. And it's, it's almost been like a whole year since the first release uh, under your lover boy to now 2020 is pretty sus. So definitely a huge development. Like you said, you started making your own beats and whatnot. So how do you go about, or in, for, let's just use this uh, 2020 is pretty sus. For example, how did you go about writing that song? Like, did you have the melody in your head at first or. Um, so the beat actually, so I have like a bunch of beats that I've like started and then I have other ones that I finish and it started off as being a completely different song that I was like gonna like have one of my buddies use to like work on his song and I was like kind of kept working on it. The lyrics started to come for me and then I've always been a big Kobe fan and that's like the other side of the video too. If you watch, you'll kind of see 
and I kind of wanted to pay tribute in that sense. I feel like once Kobe did pass for me too, I sort of shut down in a way, sort of bringing back that mama mentality. It was kind of a way for me to sort of let go of that and release that. Yeah. And for everybody else, because I know a lot of my friends are big basketball fans and kind of what Kobe meant for that too, and just the city of Los Angeles. So yeah, it sort of turned into that for me. And I want to say this is around like the fall of last year. So I was trying to figure out a way how I can tie like that in with the Black Lives Matter movement that was going on, but everything that was going on personally for me in terms of like us getting dropped with the label and that whole sense, us like trying to figure out what we're doing next. And then we were out here, like just going through the struggle of like what 2020 was, like anybody that was kind of going through it knows. So yeah, and then mind you, everyone's like, you know, when are you guys gonna put out this? When are you guys gonna do that? And it ended up being like a whole year later. Um, I'd actually released uh, the song on SoundCloud on the 14th. And I kind of want to make it like an annual thing to release on the 14th for your lover boy. That's sort of like Christmas for him, you could say, but yeah. And then um, I released the video on 224 for Gianna and Kobe. And now it's just big for me to be able to like make that sort of connection and sort of show where my respects that way. Cause Kobe is a big reason why I have like the worth that the guy have now. And I didn't even realize it until you know, it had happened and then it sort of like shows. So just paying homage, I guess. So to kind of tie it all together, we're talking about sports and music. I know, did you used to sing like national anthem at basketball and football games? Or? Yeah, I did. I did actually. And then did Next Town Down, did they ever, you guys perform at a halftime show, right? Or Yeah, we performed at a, a WNBA game actually for the first time. So shout out to the women for getting us in there. It was a Sparks game. We did a little halftime, but that was like the boy band evolution. So that was still pretty early. But yeah, people love that boy band thing. I remember we did so much stuff just doing that, like first boy band, us dancing. And I'm not really like a dancer yet. So hopefully like a couple years I can turn into some breezy stuff. But right. I'm still on my guitar, sitting on a stool. But <laughs> yeah, we did that. We sang, at a, we sang the anthem at a hockey game recently out here. And then... Yeah, I used to sing back in high school too. I did the anthems a couple times. That's kind of where I got the rep of being the singer. But uh-huh. mind you, I didn't think I was too much of a singer either, but I grew up in like a predominantly like white high school. So, you know. Yeah, they thought you were, thought you were it. <laughs> right, exactly. Not to say anything against like white people either, but just like in terms of the culture and like the kind of music I was hearing and like what they probably heard from me that I didn't even hear from myself because I had like, when I listen back to my anthems back then, now I completely cringe and can't watch them at all. So, yeah, but everybody used to love it. Yeah, I can only, I hate hearing myself even just talk, like, back on the phone. So I can only imagine um, hearing yourself, like, sing back songs and whatnot. But I think definitely to kind of string along this whole sports and music thing, there's definitely, like, a correlation. So talk to me about, well, also, I, I found out that you have an aspiration to make the league and play the NBA. So talk to me about how you keep that goal in the fr- forefront while also having this career as an artist. Yeah, I mean, so I was on YouTube one night and I saw that, I don't know if you know who Master P is, um, I think Lil Romeo is his son or whatever it is. Yeah. But anyway, I saw that he had made the league actually, and he is an artist, a musical artist that sort of uses connection. And then I'd see things, I'm big in like the sports world. So like, I'm always seeing like, the Quavo Jack Harlow thing that they were just doing, the little one too. And then I saw J. Cole was trying to get in the tryouts. And then I'm just as competitive, uh, competitive as anybody. And just to see like the growth that I've had 
not only musically, but athletically wise too. And just seeing like the importance of stretching and all those things now that like, I was just so much more naive back in the day and just like being a big dreamer. So like, yeah, I'm always trying to work hard, stay in the gym, stay in the fitness to sort of get my 10 day contract. Cause that's all I'm really trying to get is like, just get a Jersey, whether I like get two minutes in the NBA or whatever it is, like hopefully three, four years, we're like, 1D big and then they'll be like we have to do this because of promotion let's get him a jersey and throw him on like Charlotte or whoever it is you know what I'm saying so <laughs> I always try to throw that out there so it's like in conversation and then hopefully people can see what I can do on the court too I feel like I'm nice so okay we'll <laughs> watch out I mean I also saw Lil Dirk um it was like a video of him um right. in the gym yeah so you never know you heard right. break, shoot, Steph, so I'm like, yeah, exactly. it can happen. Exactly. And I know, so like, I know there's research, honestly, that's, that touches on the relationship between music and sports. So kind of want to see your take as an athlete and a musician. I know the first, it's kind of like more widely known, but music has the, the ability to control frequency and amplitude of athletes' movements, as well as the psychological state of the game. So like, coordination is improved, fatigue is reduced, tolerance to pain is increased, like all these different factors that, you know, elevate overall performance with the presence of music. So I feel like with your background in music and knowing rhythm, melody, tempo, all the intricacies that align with such like studies, would you ever, it just came to mind, like, would you ever be open to creating like a body of work specifically for athletic training or recovery or it's like, oh, like a, like, kind of how LeBron does like that mental thing but like a, yeah if I like got with like the right people that kind of knew like the science in terms of freaking frequency because I kind of see like or at least like the spirituality stuff and in terms of how they say like the hurts but just kind of diving into that sense and like being able to do that but I feel like just how you said with like the rhythm and stuff like that I feel like that stuff definitely helps me and me just like getting older so like maturing in that sense now too and then maturing musically and then also like how like the athletics helped me musically in terms of breathing and all those things. So it's like everything's been tying together. And then all like the stage work that we did and sort of like having to be like in that presence to get on stage. So to be in that mentalist helps even more with like having to get on the court, whether it's at the park or whether it's like with a bunch of guys that can really play in terms of being able to like mentally being able to calm yourself down and sort of get in your own vibe where you can naturally kind of go to your own pace so I look at people like Don Chicks and like Curry and how they kind of play at their own pace and like how all those things sort of relate together in terms of it's all starts like up here and being able to like control that so for sure yeah that's what I'm saying like hey if you get get with the right people you guys right. could probably you know like I could easily find or who knows like you know I like get like a little NBA all-star soundtrack it could turn into like a 10-day contract at some point just right. for like publicity really i just want a jersey but <laughs> yeah we'll see soon soon in the near future so i mean yeah with your music background do you feel like you probably have a better range of like motion and in tune with like the court when when you do play yeah i think for me like when i think about myself when i was younger in terms of like i did like the au circuit and everything like that too but just like really like the behind the scenes stuff in terms of like the preparation, the like film, knowing your opponent, stretching. Cause I'd never stretched beforehand. And I like re recently started to like realize the benefits of stretching, which is crazy. 
probably people probably think I'm crazy for thinking that too. But yeah, like those stuff, and then just the mentalness of like when you get on stage and like the butterflies you'll get from something like that, and being able to calm your nerves so you can play at like who you are and like your pace and stuff like that. And that those things have helped me so much more, just maturing, being older. And then I look at like my biggest influence, or just a huge influence for me outside of everything, is like Curry, Steph Curry too. So just sort of seeing like his growth and development too. And he went to like the mid-major and like made it to where he is now. And you think back then like a mid-major kid isn't even gonna go D1. So just to see that like those sort of things can happen. I know he's around my frame and like body type too. So just knowing that I'm gonna get older, put a little more weight on, hopefully stay in the gym and like exactly. make both pieces work together. Exactly. Now. So your team is the Warriors, but it's funny because you're from Iowa and they have no professional major league sports uh, team, right? So is that one of the main reasons why you chose the Warriors? You're oh, fan or what? <laughs> I was a Lakers fan at first. I'm not even going to lie. But that was like more like my dad chose my team. So I'm a Chicago Bears fan too. Okay. Yeah, parents that are into sports, they kind of like place those restrictions. So I wasn't really watching the game as much. I was like, 75 25 basketball football my first couple years of life and then as I got around like middle school I started to turn to basketball more and now I was really seeing Steph Curry kind of go through his whole thing too from like the tournament to the Warriors and then he was like scrawny little light-skinned so like I think I just think that connection like made itself and then obviously he's lights out shooter just Curry so you know but yeah, yeah for sure how you feel about um, them this season, though? I mean, they're not. I feel good. I mean, I'm the biggest Curry fan, so, like, I always have, like, a bias in terms of that. But I feel like they're in the seventh spot now, so we definitely can make a run if we get to the playoffs and, like, the right people are healthy. Right. Curry does what he can do. But then I'm really just, like, worried about Clay getting right next year and then, like, seeing that. So, funny story, actually. We were in – we were at the Sony – headquarters out here in the Culver City or wherever it was and I don't know if you know uh, everything about Steph or whatever but he has like this UA like Under Armour team kind of how the athletes have their own sort of branches off and I guess they were shooting at the studios that day like the TV studios or whatever and we were in a meeting room and literally Steph Curry and his entire team walk right by us so like this is my first time seeing Curry and that's like my first really like starstruck out of like anybody I know I said like the Draymond Green thing was that but that was like a completely I remember I was shook like the rest of the week and all I got to do was like yell hey and he like acknowledged us with like a wave but then they yeah, kept going but just to like yeah that's just my like fanboy moment of Curry. <laughs> no hey so Draymond and Curry is your top two. <laughs> uh, Draymond's not like in my top two but he's just with the doves right now so he's like anybody but the Warriors. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, what type of qualities do you find yourself exerting in both areas as an athlete and artist? Do you think? Um, I think I'm pretty aggressive. I'm like laid back and aggressive. So I don't know really how to like explain it, but just like if you kind of were to see me on the court, I'm gonna try to drop a mixtape soon. So okay, we can see what's up. But yeah, just sort of like picking and choosing like my spots and like sort of being creative and having flair and that. Just how like. Kyrie's a big influence for mine, too. It's probably Steph and Kyrie are one and two for me. Yeah, they're called. Kyrie also, like. No, Lillard? Lillard? Lillard's in there, but, you know, Lillard's in the West. And then Curry always, like, pounds on Lillard. No offense. 
Okay, Dame time. Right, but Dame time is serious for sure. So just his clutches, but yeah, probably Kyrie and Curry, and then just like what they do off the court too, and kind of what they stand for, and like how they like move around life and sort of like the chillness, or I don't even know how to describe like, but you can kind of see it. And like, those are things that like, I feel like I relate to. So that's how I make those connections. For sure. So honestly, like, even if you look at the music and sports connection, like Jay-Z's Rock Nation, or the fact that my last guest, he stated both music and sports, you know, are just heavily rooted in black culture. And we see that with your 2020s Pretty Sus music video, as you mentioned, you paying homage to Kobe Bryant, Black Lives Matter, just the whole pandemic going on. So I think it's definitely very intentional and important to put out, not only for the black community, but you know, for everyone just to listen to and hear to. So, and I know for you, you personally stated in a previous interview, like you, the message you wanna give off is these themes of spirituality, mental awareness and confidence. So why are those aspects in particular so important to you? Um, I should have said love too, cause I completely missed out on that. But yeah, spirituality, I feel like that just ties in with so many things in terms of like finding what's important to you, whether like, just like, I feel like we live in an age today where like people are gay, people are trans, like people are Christian, people are Jewish. And just kind of like being able to sort of sort those things out mentally for yourself too. Cause I know a lot of times people can influence other in terms of like, just kind of how you see things where it's like, you'll grow up in a household Christian, but you might believe in like Buddhism or whatever it is. And just sort of like being like spiritual to yourself to know like, this is what I want and being able to find ways, whether it's meditation or whether it's like, for me personally, like getting on my headphones or like getting on the court, those are like spiritual acts for me and how I view it. So just sort of like diving into that and then just confidence, being able to like confidently walk in yourself and like who you are and like what you want to be. And that is always going to be a process in terms of like competing or like if you compete, you might be confident until you see someone else who is this and being able to like also go through that grinding stage of like being confident. Oh yeah, awareness, just being aware of like what's around you and like what could happen. Cause like, like I said, I personally feel like history repeats itself and just to like see where technology is going, see where the world is going and sort of shaping it now. I can't imagine like what 2030 would look like, let alone 2040. So just being able to be aware kind of being aware of where we are right now. And then once we get to those times, you're able to like connect the dots and the pieces and like sort of make those things make sense. Cause it's like, it could only get worse, but then it also could only get better depending on like what you're looking up and like who you're aware of and like what you're putting your time to. Exactly. Now you touched upon meditation. Are you big on that at all? I went through a short phase of like meditating, but I'm so like scattered brain or like, I can't even like stay in one spot for a minute. So that's where I feel like for me, I started to learn that like, I started to like get that sort of meditational vibe from like being on the court and being in my element or like being in the music field or like I'll go on a walk and that'll be like meditation enough for me, just like listening to beats that I make or just like eating a good meal. I feel like whatever it is for some people, some people might have to sit down, really meditate and then stretching I've been foam rolling and stuff like that. So I feel like even then as I'm like sort of dealing with those pain inflections when you're like foam rolling and you're trying to like toughen up, but you're also trying to do that. I feel like those are all sort of meditational things too. So I kind of tie all those things together with that, but 
yeah, I went through like a little short phase and I'm not gonna lie, it did help too, but it's just like hard for me to sit down all the time and be like, let me sick press crowds applesauce and like turn right. off the, get in the vibe. But hopefully I'll get better as I mature more and I'm like older to like keep doing those. No, for sure. But I think even just the little things, like you said, just listening to music or whatnot, going on a walk just helps to be centered and be present, especially with like in our generation, like so much is going on and it is hard to, you know, just like be still and be, be at ease, like with yourself by yourself, you know, but as far as like mama mentality that we touched on, and I know Kobe is a huge inspiration to everyone. How did maybe mama mentality help fuel your ambitions? Just to sort of like be another way or another like definition in terms of like chasing your dreams in terms of whatever that is. And I feel like that's where he did a good job making it more of a broader thing and not just applying it to basketball. Because obviously, if you know Kobe, you know his biggest inspiration was Jordan and him sort of chasing that GOAT status or whatever it is, but also having like his own identity in terms of how he's going to work, how he's going to do it, and just how the work ethic will turn into results. And I feel like that's what he did a good job of showing. So just like that's a constant reminder for me to be like, whether it's in my music, whether it's in my stretching, to like be able to hit my middle splits, whether it's in my clipping habits or whatever it is to like, obviously you're not gonna be at it every day cause nobody is, but like showing homage and paying that respect to him. Cause like, when I think about me little, like I used to go outside and just like dribble around the court all day simply because of like a YouTube video that I watched that said the mom mentality. But to think of it, if I was in the mindset I was now, I would have been out there every day at 7 a.m. Am, but just like how those little things help me get to where I am now and how I'm able to look back and still keep that message with me and see where it can take me as I'm actually more mature and like responsible and all like sort of applying that to my everyday now. Yeah, for sure. Definitely more than anything. It's just like that mental strength, you know, just especially with the music industry and anything, any field that you pursue, really just staying authentic towards your goals and just realigning yourself to like why you wake up and do the things that you do every day, you know? Yeah. So ultimately, what do you, as we, as we wrap up, what do you want to do ultimately with your platform, whether that be with Next Town Down, your lover boy? Um, I know your lover boy wants to do anything and everything for her. For me, I just want to like continue to grow, continue to like network and like sort of be the middleman terms of like what I want your lover boy to be and sort of being able to manage that because that's really a big part of what I want to do moving forward but also being able to be the best person I can be start getting more into like my humanitarian efforts because I feel like I'm living a pretty good life not the best but what I get to do out here every day and sort of like spreading my message more to show people that they can if they work hard enough able to do their own things too and then yeah, just really just grow and like take everything in. Cause like I said, there's so much like, so much technology that's gonna keep growing in and it's like almost taken away from spirituality in sense of that. But it's also the good thing cause it's also connecting us in so many different ways that we couldn't be connected before. So just kinda trying to stay aware and like PC things together and make sure I'm like making the right chess pieces to put me in the right positions. Cause you never know when like, like I said, the 2020, like all that year was just like a reminder for me to be like, anything can happen, man. Right. It was definitely a wake up call. So now what can people expect from 
your lover boy from next town down can they expect anything in the new future yeah you can expect music coming out visuals coming out um maybe like a couple surveys like i said i need to educate myself a lot more so that's where like your lover boy's kind of been in the delayed process in terms of me figuring out what i do and like digging into what i'm doing but yeah just expect like reaching out hopefully more interviews and more like visuals so people can see that and then with the group we're still sort of like sorting things out on that but hopefully by the end of the year we have like a project or something ready for the stands the hardcore ones and then throwing that into what it could be dope dope so that wraps up the main portion but i have a little speed round just to some fun some fun questions so number one if you could open a show for any artist who would it be I probably open the show for. I want to say I want to say Bieber, but I probably want to do it for Chris, for Chris oh. Brown. That's what I probably want to do, just because Chris Brown's like the goat. Bieber's the goat to me too, but Breezy's like the goat. So. Exactly, his like one of the greatest performers too. I saw yeah. him live one concert. He was good. Right, I got to see him like late. I saw the past one in the Go Tour, so that wasn't like prime prime Chris but just like definitely breezy right so next one who are your top five artists of all time uh Chris Brown Justin Bieber um Michael Jackson for sure um see this is where it gets tricky after this it's like Drake I put Drake in there then I got to throw a female in there, even though I don't want to seem biased, but I'm just listening to that. I need to get more aware, but I probably say her. I just feel like where her is right now in her career and where she's going to go in terms of her musical ear. And that's like where I make my connection. Yeah. Thing that she does inspires me so much. So she definitely has to be in my top five. Okay. Yeah. Drake for sure is, you know, the greatest. Drake, a, what do you yeah. think of his uh, scary hours? I like the first, what was it, What's Next? I think that's what it was. Yeah. That was heat, heat. I love Lil Baby's verse. I didn't, like, love the beginning of that with Drake, but anything Lil Baby does, I'm, like, standing just because I don't know if it's his template or, like, his auto-tune or, like, what it is, but he's in there. He does not miss. At least 2020, he was, like, he carried 2020. <laughs> right, exactly. And uh, then, you know, Drake's doing that whole lover boy shit, too, so I'm excited to see, like, what that turns into. I thought that's what this was gonna be, but it was just like, and then I kind of like how Drake does his little things where he'll release like a little scary hours, but then he'll also have the project. And that's kind of how I envision how like the Your Lover Boy shit, yeah. compared with the group stuff, compared with my stuff, it'll kind of be like sporadic everywhere, but still in one sort yeah. of thing. Very cohesive. Okay, I like it. So then do you have top albums of all time? Fame by Breezy. Mm -hmm. uh, I really like Scorpion, I'm not gonna lie. I just think that like where he like kind of pushed things too, it was like a good break. So that was a Drake one. Um, I forgot which which one was that her album with like, you know, the her album where she's like in like the blue and the yellow. I don't know what the album name is called, but. Yeah, I wouldn't know either. <laughs> yeah, but you could look it up. I know like you was on there. Um, freeze on there those are a couple songs but that album for sure believe by bigger i feel like believe was like 
the album that made me want to be an artist too, outside of like, because beforehand I would have just wanted to be an athlete. And once I sort of saw Believe in him coming of age in that sense, that'll always be an album that like changed everything for me. And then, um, how many is that? Three, four? I think that's three. Three, yeah. Fame. Because um, you said Scorpion. Yeah, Scorpion. And then, I have to honestly look through the phone. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm just going to throw out the new Bieber album because I listened to the like, recent song, Hold On. Okay. And I feel like the album is going to be Fire Justice. So I'm just going to pre put it into my top five right now. Okay. I honestly yeah. haven't even listened to it. It's good, though. Yeah. I should I should take a listen. Yeah, I think he's getting back into, like, he's working his way into, like, old Bieber. So it kind of reminds me of Purpose, but not Purpose. is like a new age. So I'm excited for that. Got it. Okay, so next one. I probably know the answer to this one, but do you have a dream collaboration? Like, musically-wise or, like, creatively-wise? Uh, we can do I want to collab with the Curry brand so bad right now. I've been, like, and then Bieber has Drew House and stuff like that, but I don't know if you just saw it. He got his new brand with the three. And then if you, like, put the three upside down, you do, like, that, it could be, you know how, like, Homemade Degas song kind of does? Yeah. That's like my dream collaboration to have like a shoe with him would be like everything to me. But obviously like her, her is going to be epic once I actually get a collab with her because it'll just hopefully be something special. Right. Like all these other artists, I feel like No Baby, there's a lot of rapper people like a future, people like that, where I can just dive into a sound that's completely off of what people would expect from me. But then I feel like I can still throw like some hard you know, some hard bars, so just like, yeah. No, oh, yeah. Her, little baby, that would go crazy. Right. And who you are, you have this whole lover, you know, alter ego. Do you have a celebrity crush? I used to have a couple celebrity crushes. Like, I went through, like, a Camila phase, um, a Selena phase when I was younger. Um, I'm trying to think of her name. I don't know why I'm tripping. I'm tripping. <laughs> I cannot think of her name right now, but everyone's going to be mad once I like comment what her name actually was. Yeah. But yeah, I think right now though, I'm in like a sense of like falling in love with like her as a whole in terms of like the community of what humans are and like that whole spiritual thing. I'm like big into like Rick and Morty and stuff like that. So just how like they view stuff and like, I view things such as globally in terms of a universal aspect. And then we are lucky enough to live on mother nature, which is her. So I think my biggest crutch is like her, you feel? Yeah, I love that. Okay, so then last one, you could give one message to your fans right now, what would it be? Um, I guess my one message to the fans would be to stay connected, stay inspired and to tune in for everything that is to come yep. <laughs> yes sir so then lastly i always let my guests put us on so it can be anything that you've been feeling lately it can be something low-key can be like a brand maybe a restaurant literally anything i'll put you on go ahead <laughs> um i want to put people on okay this is for all like the people who want to get involved in music making and beat making, whatever that is, because I know some of my friends back at home want to too. But there's this website called Splice. 
And what it is, is it's like a bunch of mini little audio clips. And I feel like a lot of producers are using this today. And you're pretty much able to find like 808 patterns, um, keyboard line, guitar riffs, whatever it is that you need. You don't really have to be a musician to make stuff now, which is great in terms of the day of technology we're in. If you have that ear and you want to still be able to sort of create your own sound splice or something, shout out to Splice. Hopefully they gave me the sponsor, but that's what I've been using a lot. And then I'm able to manipulate it and learning through like those things. But just those little like plug-in things that are able to sort of get people involved and like sort of jumpstart their music making process. All right, cool. So you said it was Splice, right? Splice. All right, I'll leave all that info down Fire. below. And then like- And then shout out to Curry Man too, because Curry just dropped his new shoe and I gotta, <laughs> gotta shout always him Always gotta rep, always gotta support. Uh -oh. Yeah. So then lastly, you know, leave your socials where we can find you, the music, all that good stuff. Um, at your lover boy, at Malika Homie, and at Next Town Down is where you'll find me. Um, I'm gonna try to do a lot more stuff on at your lover boy, so you can look for that because we're trying to push her message and get it out there in the world for everybody to hear. And then, yeah, man, I'll be in the cut too. So if you don't see me, just know that I'm straight. I'm out here so just. He's working. He's grinding. Exactly. All right. Thank you, Malik. I appreciate you for joining this episode. As always, you guys can follow the Instagram at Close and Podcast. And then, of course, on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcast. Like, support. I appreciate all the, all the love so far. And I'll catch you guys on the next episode. Yes, sir. You need like a slick little podcast uh, intro song. I'll have to work on it for you. So. Okay. Bet. Say less. I appreciate you guys. Appreciate All you. Right.